man. I don't know what that was for next steps. Is that that's what that was? I was just the baby's chunky legs. They got me. I know. Did anyone else see? They just saw the chunky little legs. Like, oh, little chunky legs. Anyways, hey, uh, welcome to church. I'm not the pastor here. Uh, my name is Wes. My wife Vanessa and I, we lead a church in Los Angeles called The House LA. Uh, how many of you guys have uh, family members in California? Any, you guys got family? Okay, I know you pray for them. They probably post stuff on Facebook that you're like, man, they're idiots. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, just send them to our church, okay? I can't promise that they'll vote like you, think like you, but I can promise you this. They're going to get a lot of Jesus. And um, let me just say this. I know some people think California is lost, but here's the good news. When the world around you gets dark, you don't have to be that bright of a light. You, you, you don't got to be that bright of a light. You don't have to be like, you could be like this little light of mine and people will be like, ah, it's blinding me, you know, because it's dark. Uh, but God's doing some great things uh, in our church and in Los Angeles. And let me just say, right now at our church, we're, we're in the middle of this, this miraculous season. We're relaunching uh, January 29th. Um, our church and another church merged together, and I'm the pastor of both. And it's our board, and it's some really beautiful things that are happening. But we're not even advertising church right now. And every single week, five to ten first and second time guests come every single Sunday. And I'm like, how did you hear about us? Like, we're hidden right now. Like, we're not even in the main sanctuary because it's being remodeled. So we're in this, like, other small area off to the side. And I'm like, how did you find us? And someone in the back's like, she doesn't even go here. Um, <laughs> some of you guys will get that reference. But, um, uh, but man, God's doing some amazing things. And, um, and you guys have an, a great church. Let me just say, your pastors are so amazing. Their daughter is in some national championship playoffs, and they're like, we can't go to church. This is a big deal. It's either that or therapy later on for your kids that you have to pay for. So you have to make some, it's, it's just making good decisions. And so they are great people, and I love your pastors, and I'm always honored to come and be a part of your community. If some of you guys saw me in the back during worship, I was actually uh, watching our community online, and so I was like making sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. But um, I was like, did you, you nailed up? All right, good. We're good. Uh, but God's in some amazing things in our church, and I'm just so grateful for that. One more question. How many, does anyone have a family or a friend that lives in Los Angeles? Anyone got a family or friend? You do? Okay. What part of LA? Alhambra? Okay. You, you said you got a lot of them. Where are they all at? North that's that's my hood. That's my neighborhood. Like we're just right around the way. Okay. Tell yeah, yeah, tell them, you know, tell them if they need a good spot. Uh, my thing is this, and I, you can borrow this, you can steal this. Um, whenever I invite someone to church, no matter what they say, I always tell them you would fit in perfect. No matter what they say. Uh, literally um, I invited someone uh, this last week, I asked this lady, and I don't, I don't ask people, just, just this is how I do it. I don't say, hey, do you go to church? I say, have you ever been to a church? Uh, because in some, in some areas, it's not like, oh, yeah, I go to this church. If you go to the South, you ask them, what church do you go to? If you're in Atlanta, just go, hey, where, where do you go to church? And they'll tell you, when you're in L.A., go, have you ever heard of a church? Have you ever been to a church? 
I asked this lady the other day, she was about seven years old. I said, have, uh, have you ever been to a church? She said, yeah, once when I was a kid. And I go, you would fit in perfect at our church. Oh my gosh, you would fit in perfect. Uh, and I think that's a great spot for anyone uh, to invite their friends to. And so you can borrow that uh, right here. You can borrow that line. You're just, you're inviting someone to church. You say, hey, have you ever been to a church before? And they're like, well, I've seen one. I've heard of one. I've done something like that. Be like, oh my gosh, church of all, you would fit in so perfect at our church. Um, they're like, uh, I think I saw someone in a cowboy's jersey. Yeah. Was it, were you? Okay. <laughs> You can just tell them this, look, there are, everyone's welcome, even cowboys. And they're going to be like, what? That's the bottom of the barrel. And you go, I know. You would fit in perfect. I'm not even a Seahawks fan anymore because I'm in LA and it's like I had to make, I had to make just decisions a long time ago. I was like, I'm going to be in this city. I got to win this city. Go Rams. Right, guys? And then like two people in the room like, yeah, but we're all Lakers. So anyways, we'll pray for your basketball team right now. Wait. I had everyone and then I lost them. They're like... You know what I love about Seattle? Seattle's one of the few cities that for football, it's like, it's in the, they got it in the culture. Like, it's in the culture. In LA, if your team wins, they're like, yeah, go that team. Like, you know, uh, and the Lakers start losing and they're like, nah, man, I never even liked them anyways, you know? But Seattle's like diehard Seahawks fans, and I love that. It's just, it's, it, there's something in the air. Like, you could be from any background, any culture, and you're like, man, I love the Seahawks. Let's paint our, like businessmen making a million dollars a year, paint their faces blue. Is nowhere else in the planet is that the, is that the case. Um, and you're in church on a Sunday. So tell people you are welcome at my church. Hey, today, just for the next few moments, I'm going to, uh, because Thanksgiving, just in case you didn't know, it's a couple days away, so this is your preparation for Thanksgiving. It's not a message on thankfulness. Here's the title of today's message. If you're taking notes, my family needs work. <laughs> this is your emotional uh, preparation. You got five days till you're going to sit with that crazy uncle and crazy aunt. That weird, yeah, he said it's me. <laughs> That is some awareness. That is emotional IQ awareness. It's me. I know it. It's me. I was about to say, if you don't know, wait, there's crazy people in my family. That's you. Sweetheart, that's you. If you're like, wait, there's weird people in my family. It's you. It's you. You know? Uh, by the way, if you, this is how you know that you can cook, is if people say, can you bring your, and then whatever that dish is, that means that you crush it on that dish. Uh, hey, can you bring your mac and cheese? That means that you crush the mac and cheese. If they ask you to bring napkins, I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> you just have some awareness. No one likes your food, okay? <laughs> bring some dessert that you purchased. 
Bring some ice cream. They tell you to bring ice cream. That's a nice way to say, I don't want you to bring napkins, but I don't want you to fool around in the kitchen. Someone's going to get food poisoning. My family needs work. Okay, we're going to start with the scripture in Ephesians. Can we throw that one up there? Ephesians chapter number two, verse 19. So now you Gentiles... You are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You're no longer outsiders. You're no longer the people that's, there's no more us and them. God is bringing you in. You are not outsiders. You is an insider. You is family. Come on. It's like Olive Garden. You're not strangers. we're, We're family. We're family. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. We pray today that as we talk through the scripture, God, you're going to open up our hearts and minds to what you are saying in our world today. God, we, we, we don't want to just come here and laugh and cry. We want to meet with Jesus. And so we pray today that we would see you through the scriptures. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Come on, everyone said amen. Look at that person next to you. Say, you look just so good for a Sunday. You look so good for a Sunday. If you're single, that was your chance, Okay. Hey, girl, you look really good for Sunday. (laughs) If his voice got deep, you know what that means. Um, If you've ever had guests come to your house early or unannounced and your house was not ready, you know that sinking feeling of panic When you hear the door, someone's knocking on it, someone touches the ring, uh, someone texts you, hey, we we actually, the traffic was light. We're really early. I mean, we're going to only be 15 minutes early. We're two hours early. Just (laughs) I-5, the seas parted, and we just, we got there. And there's, there's that feeling of panic of how can I clean up all of this in about 30 seconds? You hide dishes. You hide laundry, uh, you throw stuff in a closet, you put kids in the closet, you just, you hide anything that is a mess or makes messes uh, in your house. If I were God writing the Bible, that's how I would treat the Bible. I would hide all of the mess, I would hide all of the issues and the problems, and I would want it to look very attractive. I want it to look like, hey, everything, the grass is all green on this side, and there's no problems, there's no issues, there's no character flaws. Uh, The the feet don't stink on this side, so come on over where it's perfection. I would do it like a marketer, right? Like if you've ever seen like those commercials uh, for any type of drug out there today, they're like, you know, people frolicking in, you know, lands that you've never seen before. Uh, just if they're old, they, their knees never hurt, their back doesn't hurt, their kids are all around them, everyone's having a blast. There's fountains of gold just spraying happiness everywhere. That's what I would do with the Bible. The problem is, is that that's not the way that God wrote the Bible. God doesn't hide the mess. He actually leans in, and with the eternal scriptures, he writes people's stories, and he tells you the mess that they're in. One of the stories is through our great father in the faith, Abram, that God changes his name to Abraham. He's called the father of the faith. 
throughout the scriptures, when we as a people of God, when we are referenced as the people of God, we're almost never referenced as children of Adam, the first. We're almost never referenced as the people of Moses, Literally the liberator of people out of slavery wrote down the 10 commandments. You saw him, he came down from the mountain, whether it's Charlton Heston, or maybe you're a millennial and you saw the cartoon drawing, or maybe you're a Gen Z and you're like, I have no idea what either of those are. But we're not called the children of Moses. We're called the children of Abraham, father of the faith. And in Genesis chapter number 17, we're about to jump in there. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 17 now. We just went through Ephesians. We're called the family of God. Genesis 17, 1 through 7, tells us a story of Abram. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant or an agreement, a contract with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell down face on the ground. He's like, God, come on. He says, this is my covenant. This is God continues. God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you a father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be a father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations. Kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. Pause real quick right there. By the way, some people have a problem with God blessing or God promising things over certain people. Christmas is around the corner and no parent in this room is like, yeah, I'm actually this Christmas, I'm gonna take stuff away from my kids. No, you want to give them more. You wanna give them the tools to grow. You wanna bless them. Many of you are asking if they're little, what do you want for Christmas? And God is telling Abram, I am going to bless you extremely. You're going to be extremely fruitful. You're going to multiply. Kings and leaders are going to come from you. Verse seven, I will confirm my covenant, my disagreement with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is an everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. If you're a parent in this room and you've got a child that's gone wayward, you can just bring these promises back to God. God, I've raised them in the house of the Lord. You said to Abram, my father in the faith, that that this blessing will go from generation to generation. This is not one of those things, oh, it skips a generation. The blessings of God don't skip a generation. So we bring that promise back to God. Verse eight, and he says, and I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be there God. If I were God and I were writing the Bible and I'm directing the the prophets, the men who wrote down these words, if I am them, I leave out some of these stories. Abram's story actually begins with God giving him a promise. A couple chapters earlier, when Abram's about 75 years old, God promises, hey, I'm going to give you a son. Then he messes up and Abram tries to make it on his own strength. And he has a son named Ishmael. 
Which God says, that's not the promise. The promise is going to come about the way I told you, through your wife, through an impossible situation. That's the way that the promise is going to come. See, God doesn't work with perfect people as if there was such a thing. Everyone here in this room, through some level, will deal with something called imposter syndrome. This thing of like, oh my goodness, if everyone found out that I was human, if everyone found out that my business wasn't doing as well as it looks like it is, if everyone found out that after we posted that perfect photo on Instagram with the family around the table and everyone's holding hands, that people are yelling and screaming and pointing and blew up and someone slept on the couch and someone went over here, if people found out, God doesn't work with perfect people. He takes broken people and he makes them not perfect. He makes them whole. He makes them whole. The the word shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. It doesn't mean perfection. When, when, when now, now, as we go after holiness, as we go after Jesus, we will look more and more like him, but you will never be him. I will never be him. So God takes imperfect people and he brings them on this journey. And if you trust him and you stay on that journey and you allow him to guide you along that journey, you will look more and more like him, but you will never be him. I will never be him. So he doesn't bring you to a place where you are perfect, but he will bring you to a place where you are whole. And so God takes Abram and the name Abram means good dad, exalted father. Come on, where's all the dads in the room? Come on, you, you wrestle the kids. You're supposed to put them to bed quietly, and instead you're, you're elbowing them in the gut. You're hitting them with the pillows. Come on. I, my brother-in-law, James, and I were talking about because I, I have a little girl named Stella. She's about to be six, and she wants me to play Barbies. And I try. I'm just not good at it, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good dad. And she's like, no, no, I'm that Barbie. You're Stacy. I'm like, I, they all look the same. They are all the same. No, you're Chelsea, you're Stacy. this is Barbie, that's the mom, I, I don't know. Stella, I'm trying. I've been playing this game for six days in a row and I still don't know all their names, you know? But Abram's name was good dad, exalted father. Like, ah, good dad. Probably had a shirt, good dad. And God changes his name from Abram, good dad, to Abraham, father of nations. Name changes uh, happen throughout the Bible. This is not unique to this story. God changes people's names and and sometimes I, I wonder if he changes people's names because they need to hear it. Sometimes other people need to hear it. Uh, sometimes you need to remind others that's not my name anymore. This is now my name. But throughout the Bible, there are other scenarios where people's names are changed. When Jesus calls his 12 disciples, one of them, his name is Simon, which means like a, like a reed, a, a, a tall blade of grass. That when the wind blows, it kind of goes over. It's almost like some of our modern-day politicians. Wherever the wind is blowing, that's where they're at. You know, they get moved around by the poles and the pollsters. I was against that, now I'm for that. I was this way, and now I'm this way. I was a believer in worshiping God on Sunday, but then Monday when I'm in the office, I'm, I'm over at the water cooler going this way. And then on Tuesday, I'm this way. I'm all over the place. Jesus looks at him and says, ah, your name is 
Peter Petros, Rocky. Hey, Rock, how you doing? All right. He says, that's not who you are. Your name is not Reed. Your name is Rocky. You're going to be a leader. The first church follows this example. And you see this in the book of Acts. There's this young leader. His name is Joseph. And you can read about his story in the book of Acts chapter number four. Joseph, he actually was somewhat well-to-do because he had a certain amount of land that he sold and he came and brought it at the, to the apostles' feet. Which by the way, one of my mentors, Dana, who's speaking at our church this morning, he, he was quoting from Dallas Willard. And Dallas, if you don't know who he is, that's fine. But Dallas Willard said, two of the biggest signs of your growth in the Lord, of Christian discipline is prayer and generosity. Two of the hardest things for a Christian. If you're not praying and you're not generous, he says those are two of the biggest signs of, of, of your growth in the Lord. And so this young guy, Joseph, sells a piece of land and just brings it to the church, lays it at the apostles' feet, says, hey, just, uh, I just want to be a blessing. God told me to give this, just use this for the kingdom of God. Such an encouraging guy. None of you guys know him by that name. If you know your Bibles at all, especially in the book of Acts, you know him by the name Barnabas. Barnabas means son of encouragement. This guy was so encouraging. Everyone's like, bro, we're not calling you Joseph. We're calling you encourager, man. You're always encouraging. You're always giving. You're always blessing. You're always lifting people up. That is your name. The first church, Jesus, we see God the Father in the Old Testament. All throughout time, God takes people's names and he changes it. Now, watch me now. God still changes names today. He still changes names today. Now, Abram at this time, he is 99 years old. He's been going by that name for a long time. Good dad. And at 99 years old, God looks at him and says, that will no longer be your name. It's no longer your name. From now on, your name is father of multitudes, father of nations. The name according to the promise of God, not according to the way that he'd been living for 99 years. God can change your name today. God still changes names today. And it doesn't matter. Here's the deal. Some people, they've been living a certain way for a certain amount of time, and they've gone by that name for so long. It's just easier. If you've ever moved off, if, you, if you've ever moved and you had to go to the post office, you got to call your bank, you got to forward stuff. And then when you get married, my wife didn't change her married name till like two or three years into her marriage. She just did it. It was the paperwork. There's so much to do. Then we had to go to the banks and we had to bring the little slip. Yeah, it, yeah, it happened three years ago. We got married and here's the name change and all of this stuff. Well, it just, it takes work. God can change your name in a moment. Say, oh, I've struggled with this for so long. This has been in our family, man. Anger has been in our family for 99 years. We've just always been angry people. I just, you know, that's just who I am. And in a moment, God can change your name. You say, that is no longer who I am. 
So we've always been kind of an addictive home. It's like, but that is not who you are. See, change is not a, just a young man's game. Change is not, ah, oh, when you're kids, you change your hair color. Man, I've had this same hairstyle for the last 30 years, and I'm just going to go to the grave with this, and I'm just at my final sunset. Abram, at 99, God says, you're just getting started. Let me talk to some of the older folks in the room, okay? By the way, in my church, I don't know if I'm old or young, because I'm like right in the middle, I'm 40 now, and so the, the young people think I'm old, and the old people think I'm young. And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm fighting to be in both crowds, but I'm in this tension in the middle where like, not accepted in the one, also you guys stay up way too late. They're like, yeah, let's go out at nine. I'm like, bro, I'm wrapping up the night, man. I'm like, my kids are in bed, that's the glory time, okay? Like just, there's, the house is quiet. And then the older crowd, they're like, oh, you're still young. Your hair's not all gray, but let me just say this for the older crowd. If you consider yourself an older crowd, God can still change your name today. You may have found yourself struggling with something for decades or just, hey, this has been the, the way that my family's always been. This is the way we've always operated. This is the way we've always done things. Let me just tell you in a moment, God can change your name. And you say, that is not who you are. And when you're at the family gathering and people are going, hey, aren't, and they start calling you by that old name. They start calling you by that old habit. They start calling you by that old way. You can say, that's not my name anymore. Can you imagine Abram telling all of his friends, going to the post office, hey, I need to change my name. The mailing address is the same, but it's no longer uh, good dad. It's uh, father of multitudes. Like, Abram, it's actually Abraham. Uh, sorry, Abraham, um, you don't even have a kid. No, no, but, 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 I'm, but God told me that I'm headed somewhere. God told me I'm headed somewhere. All you have to do is hear God's voice as you're reading his word, and he illuminates a scripture to you, and he says, this is who you are. I'm going to have the keys come back up, and I'm going to wrap up here in a second. The, the thing with reminding yourself and reminding others, I remember when I first started serving the Lord when I was about 16. And I'm hanging out with some friends like a month or two later, and I remember they're all out drinking. And so I started drinking again, and I'm drinking with them. But it was just like this is, and it was so difficult because I knew this is not who I am. I don't know if you've ever been there. God does something in your life, and then you go back to the old ways, and it just it's not the same. And then you have the guilt, and you have all that other stuff. And you're like, this is not who I am. But you've been in a cycle for 99 years, and now you have to retrain yourself. This is not who I am. Back to the perfection that we talked about at the beginning. If you find yourself in a journey... And if you find yourself in a spot where you're like, I, I, I keep making mistakes and I keep, and, and I, I just, I, I keep, I just can't do it. Let me just tell you, first off, you're in the right place. Because there's a room full of people around you who are also on journey. And who also sometimes forget that God has changed their name. I wonder what it would look like if even churches and communities and people not only allowed people 
to go from Abram to Abraham, but also encouraged it in, within the community. Hey man, did you hear about Abram? Oh no, no, we don't call him that anymore. We call him Abraham. That's who he is now. We don't know, like where Paul says later, we know no man after the flesh. No, that, that's not who he is anymore. Well, man, I thought we grew up with him and he was on the cul-de-sac and he used to be on the corner. And now he's in, no, that's not who he is. Now. This is who he is now. He's, he's, our, he's our, guitar, our guitar player, our keyboardist, and he's our kids pastor. She's a this, and she, she's doing great things for us. She actually can prophesy. She should pray for you sometime. And, and, and as a community, we're, we are not just saying, hey, you're welcome here, but we're also encouraging others around us to go, hey, no, 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 that's not who they are. God God's done a great work in their life. Sometimes people get stuck in a certain lifestyle and they think that no one will allow them to change. Hey, so-and-so, I thought that they used to be in that type of relationship. Oh, no, no, that's not who they are. God's actually changed them and our community's encouraging them and we're bringing them along. God's doing a great job in their life. And, and man, and I know God's doing a great job in your life and in the same way that you wouldn't want someone bringing up your old stuff, we're not bringing up their old stuff. We're gonna bring people along on this journey with us. Joseph, no longer Joseph, you're Barnabas. Simon, you're no longer Simon, you're Peter. Abram, you're no longer Abram. You're Abraham. You and I, we are all in this journey of following Jesus. And along that journey, God will remind you, this is who you are. Doesn't matter how long you've been in that journey. Doesn't matter how much you've struggled along the way in that journey as well. When God says, this is who you are, his word trumps every other single word out there. If he says you're healed, then you're healed. If he says you're well, then you're well. If he says that, the, that, 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 that this area of your life is healed and you, you're not gonna go back that way, then it's done. It's like, what about all the trauma? What about all the stuff I've gone through? What about this thing and this thing and all this baggage? Like, hey, we're gonna still work on some of this stuff. Abraham, after this, doesn't go into perfection. He doesn't start floating around ever. He still has some issues. He still has some stuff, but he's on a journey. And let me just say, as God changes your name, yeah, there will be counseling and therapy and prayer and fasting and all of that stuff on the way of that journey. Uh, but God is telling you, this is the direction of, of where you're headed. This is who you are. You are no longer Abram, you are Abraham. Or as Paul tells the Ephesian church, we can put that back up again. You're no longer outsiders. You're no longer outsiders. You're you're citizens, you're, you're part of the family, you're part of the crew, you're part of the family of God. You don't have to hide all the dirty dishes. You don't have to hide the pots and pans. Let me just tell you in this church right here, I know Pastor Maggie in this community, you don't have to hide who you are to be accepted. Someone knocks on the door, they show up a little bit early to your life. You don't gotta hide. And you don't gotta hide in the kingdom of God. But what you do have to do is you have to know the name that you will respond to. You have to know that when someone calls that name, that is not who I am. Hey man, we're gonna go out drinking again. We're gonna go do this thing. That's, that's not who I am anymore. There's an inkling in my heart. There's a desire there. God's working on it, but that is not who I am anymore. Some ex calls you up or DMs you or something like that, and they're, they're trying to pull you back. That is not who you are anymore. 
You are going a direction because you are God's son. You are God's daughter. You are not an outsider. You're not a stranger. You're not a foreigner to God. He doesn't look at you with puzzlement and amazement. Wait, what's your name? You're so-and-so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. This is not a family reunion to him where he's learning your story. He knows your name and he's already given you a new name. My prayer for you today is that as you are on this journey, is that you would respond to what God calls you and not what others have called you. Not what even sometimes you yourself call you. Sometimes we don't even need others to call us a name because we, we take over for him. Some people are like, oh, the devil's attacking me. Some of us don't need the devil. We got ourselves. We're doing a great job bringing ourselves down, lying about ourselves. You are a loser. You're a schmuck. You just say all these things to kind of squash ourselves down. My prayer for you, my prayer for us today is that we would respond to the voice of the Father when he says, this is who you are. You are mine. Let me pray for you today. Jesus, thank you for this community. Thank you for this family. Thank you for those who are watching online as well. God, I pray for people who are in this room who there's a confusion about who they are and the name that they respond to. I'm praying for people today that they would respond to the voice of heaven and not the voice of even a doctor or a therapist or counselor saying, this is who you are. No, no, this is who God has said I am. I'm praying for some people that they've had some family bondage, whether it's a addiction or abuse, and those things have just, it seems like that they, they've almost trapped themselves in that saying, this is who I am, this is a part of my identity. I'm praying, God, for a release of that today. I'm praying that the, that the lies that people have believed about themselves and about their lineage would be changed in a moment. Jesus, I'm praying for some people today who have even also never even made a decision to follow Jesus because maybe they felt like they couldn't. Like, how, how can I be one of those people? Those people are like super, like holy. Whether you're in this room or you're online, I wanna pray for you today because here's the deal, following Jesus, it's not a, it's not a hey, you're perfect from this day forward, but you, you're just beginning a journey. You're just beginning a hike of like, I'm doing my best to follow Jesus and I want to follow him and he's leading the hike of my life. I'm not leading my life. He's leading it. I'm doing my best to follow him. Maybe you're watching this online or here in this room, but I'm going to pray for you as well. If you're saying, hey, I want to follow Jesus or I've, been so, I've gotten lost in my journey and I need to follow him. If you're in this room, on the count of three, just lift your hand towards heaven. I want to know who I'm praying for. On the count of three, one, two, three. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. Anyone else? Just lift your hand up real quick. If you're watching online, you can throw a hand up or an emoji up. I want to pray for you as well. Thank you. I see you, my man over here. Anyone else? Got three friends here. What a great way to go into Thanksgiving saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting back on track. I'm following that journey of following Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, especially my three friends here. And the way I say it in LA is like, hey, if English is not your first language, you can pray whatever language is your first language. But the deal is, it's not the exact words. It's your heart connecting to God's heart saying, Jesus, I'm following you. Everyone in this room, I'm gonna have you repeat after me, especially my three friends. Everyone say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone say it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I wanna follow you. My life is yours. My heart is yours. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and for raising from the dead so that I can live for you. In Jesus' name, 
Everyone said amen. Everyone said amen. Church, can we give it up for those three people? I'm going to pray for one more group of people. If you've been listening to the lie of the enemy that says this is who you are, I want to pray for you. We all deal with that, especially if you're emotionally aware. <laughs> we all deal with some kind of junk or some kind of funk or some kind of imposter syndrome or some kind of thing. I just want to pray for you. Can we do this? God, I, w- I wasn't going to be like, hey, if that's you, raise your hand. That's asking if you're breathing, raise your hand, you know. If we can be honest, can we be honest? We're all, we're all family now. Okay, can we be honest? Can we do this? Can we stand up on our feet? But I want you to just make it as a response saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I'm praying right now for every person standing, those watching online. God, help us to respond to the voice of our Father and not the voice of the lies that either the devil tells us, others tell us, or we tell ourselves. We are not what they say. We are not what the devil says. And even we are not what we say. We are who you say that we are. Jesus, if anyone in this room is struggling with all kinds of forms of anxiety and depression because there's a question about who they are, I'm praying that they would hear the voice of their father saying, you are mine. I bless your people right now. In Jesus' name, everyone agree with that prayer, said amen, amen, amen. You can grab a seat. We're going to wrap up here.